This episode was actually brought to you by LuxMarket.com. Nothing teaches you about yourself more than being locked up in a cage or a ring with another trained fighter who's ready to kick your ass. Mm. Nothing really teaches what you're made of, you know, like what kind of person you are. It just shows in the ring or in the cage. It's amazing feeling. Welcome mm. back, everybody, to the Second Floor Podcast. I'm your co-host, Kenny Buller here. And today's guest, we bring to you Parwez Ghulam. As you guys know, we've had quite the vested interest in bringing guests across the MMA scene onto the Second Floor Podcast. And we wanted to bring to you Parwez Ghulam for a couple of reasons. One, he happens to be one of the first lightweight champions of unified MMA. Secondly, he's recently decided to take his love and passion for MMA and put it into a coaching perspective. Parwez, at 29 years old, is the owner and founder of Wolf House MMA. Wolf House MMA is currently breeding fighters in the kickboxing scene, the boxing scene, as well as the MMA scene. We're pretty excited to have your co-host, Omid Kaderi, sit across the table with Parwez to talk business and talk about passion. Welcome everybody back to the second floor. My name is Omed. I am your co-host. Today we are here to learn how to survive, how to thrive, and keep the good vibes going in your life and business. Today we got a special guest, Parwiz, obviously. We had to have him on the show. It's been a long time coming. Parwiz, my man, thank you for coming, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I want to get into a little bit of your story, um, kind of when you started um, in fighting mm-hmm. and how you kind of reach now, now that you're a gym owner, you're an entrepreneur, you do a lot. I see on your Instagram, you're, you're very active. Um, you do a lot of things. Um, and I want to kind of dive deep into that. But before we dive deep into that, kind of how you kind of started in, in uh, martial arts and um, how that kick started. And um, like I was telling you earlier too, like um, um, where I grew up, Uzbekistan, Tashkent, capital city. Um, bullying there is like a very acceptable thing. It's like a part of your childhood basically, you know, like you get bullied, you stand up you learn how to stand up for yourself um it sounds really bad when when i say bullying is acceptable but it is you know what i mean like most russian countries like i think like ussr countries former ussr countries bullying is really normal thing there mm. everybody gets bullied you stand up for yourself you learn how to defend yourself yeah. all that stuff um so yeah like most of the fighters i've been bullied before and uh, Learn how to stand up for myself. First, I went and did karate for um, for quite a long time. Karate Kukshinkai. It's like, a, well, no offense to other karate guys, but it's the most legit one. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And um, before that, I actually did a little bit of Shotokan. And I knew Shotokan was most, mostly a um, point system that wouldn't help me to defend myself on the street because it's... You can't just punch a guy and like you know wait for the point. A judge to give you a point. It's not. It doesn't work like that. And not on the street. You get punched. You punch back. You know. Yeah. So went to Kikushinkai, learned how to kick. You know, a little bit of punches, but I knew it wasn't enough. So I went to boxing. So I got hooked in boxing and did boxing for a long time. 
then uh, my coach who teach boxing also taught kickboxing. He had the same background as me, like doing the karate, and he mixed it up with boxing, so we made it a kickboxing, unique style of kickboxing. And yeah, from there I just went to learn how to defend myself, and my coach saw something in me, and and yeah, he started putting me in fights, I started winning. Now this is, uh, is this back home, or is yeah, this Yeah, it's here? in Uzbekistan. Okay. I'm, I'm talking about like two, 2004. Oh, okay, early years. on. Yeah. Early years, yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I fall in love with fighting and, well, martial arts, I shouldn't say fighting, and mm-hmm. fighting just comes with it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, after that, fought a bunch of times, amateur fighting, um, kickboxing, I don't know, about three, 32 kickboxing, 11 amateur boxing, and um, then I stopped for a while, got injuries, um, kind of got hooked with back crowd back home you know like I was a tough guy yeah people wanted me to be friends with them and um yeah I took some time off from martial arts and came to Canada since I got here and I saw training this coach Master Kim he's from Uzbekistan but he's North Korean got immigrated to Uzbekistan back in 1960s I think after World War II like after everything was like calmed down but he started coaching me here, like with Sambo. I already trained Sambo back home too, but he, um, then he's like, you should do MMA. I'm like, I always wanted to do MMA. Like, I love fighting, you know, anything yeah. has to do with fighting, I love it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he talked me into it. Then I was a big fan of Fyodor Emelianenko, like the, the big heavyweight Russian guy. Um, not, most casuals don't even know who it is. Yeah. He's like the OG of, like OG MMA fighter. Yeah. Yeah. He um, put me in. I was here about six months. Mm. I got in the ring, knocked the guy out, I think in under a minute. And um, I didn't speak English. The guy, like, announcer was like, hey, did you plan to knock him out like that? He was asking me a question. I grabbed the mic. I'm like, thank you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where it started. And I, I don't know, man, I just love fighting, you know, like all yeah. martial arts. That's the reason I competed. That's my, that might be the reason I competed in boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, and MMA all professionally in amateur. Well, MMA didn't do amateur, but I did compete in all, all of them pro. I love fighting, man. Mm, that's awesome, bro. So um, what has been, I guess, what, what's the most fulfilling with fighting? Like what, what gives you that, um, what kind of gets your fire going? What's, what's, what, what about martial arts does that? Is it... Is it the getting in the ring with someone else? Is it the a certain style? What's what is that for you? Well, your question, like what I understand is, um, main thing about fighting really gets me going, or like make, gets me excited about fighting and and fulfilling feeling is um, nothing teaches you about yourself more than being locked up in a cage or a ring with another trained fighter who's ready to kick your ass mm. nothing really teaches what you're made of you know like what kind of person you are it just shows in the ring or in the cage it's an amazing feeling mm. you know and um yeah just going out there and you put eight weeks of training camp yeah. <clears throat> and uh you go out there and showcase your skills in front of like thousands of people while being half naked it's amazing man. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no kidding it's good stuff yeah yeah so the a lot of fighters and 
I know a lot of people that do martial arts they don't they don't take it as far and go and open a gym and, and start training and coaching for you what I've seen is you've taken your um, your expertise and your passion for fighting and taken it to that next level where you're coaching kids and you're training people and you're you're very positive online i see that you 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 share a lot of things you're very you're very active i see um, you training some kids and and then you're always shouting out your guys um what is it about the development of a fighter that gets you going because a lot of fighters they just want you know they want to train they want to get them themselves to be the best fighter they can be but why did you take that next step in in, in developing fighters and, and eventually opening up your own gym and building your own brand? <clears throat> but it's actually it's it started with first me getting injured and like getting concussion like I've been you know healing that for a long time got concussion from a car accident. Oh wow! Okay, so yeah. it wasn't even in the ring. No, no. But I got into the ring. My last MMA fight was uh, title fight. And I fought while being concussed. Um, and yeah, fight didn't go my way. I, well, I lost fair and square, you know, no excuse, man, whatever. You win some, you lose some. But if if I would have, you know, been healthy, the fight would be different, you know. Whoever was in the ring, they saw oh, me. Like, arena, they saw it. Beat this guy up for 14 minutes, last 14 seconds, he landed a punch. Boom, everything changed, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. That's the beauty of fight game. After that, I took some time off, kind of focused on boxing, which was not the smartest thing to do, because boxing get hit more in the head, right? Mm. And to professional boxing, um, I don't know, the whole point of me becoming a coach, one, I can't fight anymore, as of now. Not, I don't know, maybe next year I'll be back. You never know, right? As long as I'm healthy, my brain is perfectly fine and fit to fight. Um, I couldn't fight, so I'm like, I, I love fighting. I want to be around fighters. I just gives you different kind of adrenaline, and like you know, you get high off it. Right. Yeah. Um, so I stopped coaching. Then another reason I started coaching was a lot of shitty coaches in Edmonton. A lot of them. Mm. There are so many shitty coaches. What they do is the reason why they're shitty coaches. They don't have experience of fighting. They seen a couple of YouTube videos and watch some of Bruce Lee's fight. I mean, movies and stuff. And they <laughs> think they can coach. You know what I mean? They, they they go all Mr. Miyagi and shit. Yeah. Like none of them actually fought. There's a, I don't want to even name his name. Um, this guy. Um, he claims he's a coach and he claims he he boxed before. He never boxed. Just a big rat, you know. Like just trying to stay relevant. Um, lie to kids you know like oh I have this much fights this much experience it's funny how like what can you find in the internet you can't lie anymore you know what I mean yeah. everything is recorded in the internet yeah and when you google this guy's name he's owned 3 in MMA got knocked out all 3 fights 3 times he fought oh man and he just claims like he's this big deal and big shot and everybody in fight community knows mm-hmm. he's not a real fighter and that's one of the reasons, you know, I want to be a good coach. Like you said, like I shout out my guys all the time and like really try to put them on the spotlight, you know. Because media, social media right now, like we live in the digital era. You know, everything's on social media. People 
live in social media, you know what I mean? I oh, know yeah. so many people. Totally. I just use it as a tool. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't put a lot of personal stuff. Just a lot of my son and me, you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, you I know? see I see your son all the time. You're right. snapping while you're driving. He's Yeah, I see that. Yeah. I know. Like I should stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. He's so cute though. Thanks, yeah, boy. Yeah. yeah. Like, I love that boy, you know. It's yeah. changes different, you know, like changes your life and changes the meaning of life. 100%. Yeah. Once you have kid, people who have kid probably know. Oh yeah, probably it's yeah. different, man. Um, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I just use it as a tool, social media to get yeah. the word out there, you know, like that we exist, Wolf House MMA, boxing, kickboxing, we we compete, we um, put fighters, um create like Build fighters for every sport, basically, right? Every combat sport, boxing, kickboxing, and MMA. Or the one of the only gyms in Edmonton do does that, you know. So, yeah, man, I really love and enjoy changing people's life in a positive way. Like, I'll give you a really good story. One of my fighters, um, he's um, a very naive kid. You know, he's from Saint Albert, but from the shittier area you know what I mean like yeah. the very the hood and the, well there's no hood in Tenapa but like poor area right yeah he was I could see he was going and become like hanging around bad crowd if I didn't pull him out of there he'd be locked up right now or be dead somewhere right and I got him in started, started boxing him and he boxed, the boxing changed his life, you know. He all he talks about boxing, he doesn't hang out with those bad people, he just, you know, positivity, like he wants to do something with his life, he wants to be a good boxer one day, Olympic champion, you know, the, the dreams. Yeah, now he's thinking about the steps to get there. Exactly. He's not thinking about guns, drugs, you know, like yeah. strip club, blah 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 blah. Yeah, totally. And another guy, um, an immigrant, a refugee actually, yeah. from Syria very very close uh, little brother to me like you know like he's a good kid Ahmed he came I remember first time seeing him he comes and uh, I could relate to him because I knew exactly what's going on in his mind when you come here culture shock you know you don't know people Canadians are super nice they smile at you all the time <laughs> yeah and different cultures is different right like back home you don't smile at men mm. men don't smile at men it's mm. just not acceptable especially you don't know them right. here it's very culturally acceptable you know you look at people not smile that's normal thing you know yeah yeah like back where i'm from or back from syria like even afghanistan you know like russia uzbekistan those countries yeah strange man it's a strange man we don't we don't really smile or not you know yeah, you don't really things. interact yeah i even hold the door open i got mad at a guy when i was brand new here guy was holding the door open and i got mad at him <laughs> I think about that I'm like I'm so shy and it was it's horrible this poor guy was trying to do something nice to me yeah and I really wanted to beat him up yeah yeah, yeah. see that's what I'm saying the like culture shock and this kid Ahmed that was going through the same thing and I could relate to this kid you know and he comes up to me and he's like coach at school everybody wants to fight me they look at me everybody wants to fight me I'm like man, man calm down mm. maybe they just want to be friends with you I said tomorrow go up and tell them hey my name is Ahmed I'm from Syria I'm new here the next day he comes out, he's like, Coach, I did that. People like me. You know, I <laughs> yeah. made friends. Yeah, and I'm yeah. Like, cool, man. I told you. And um, now he's been training with me over a year. And uh, 
he just won his uh, boxing debut. He won first round knockout, 30 seconds. Oh, nice. Lots of anger, right? Like, you know, you could tell no fear. Like, some kids are just built for combat. To fight, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's sad. Yeah. Very, very sad. So how much does that play a role with your fighters or with, since your expertise, right? How much does that play a role of someone's personal background coming into a gym? You know, like they're maybe they're, you know, like you said, they grow up in a in the hood or they grow up in in a very bad environment and with they're with bad people, and then they come into your gym and they walk into your gym and they want to train because they want to fuck someone up <laughs> outside. They don't they don't care about the sport. They're more so I want to learn to fight to defend myself and fuck someone else up outside of the outside of that. So. How does that? How much of that plays a role? First, like to be clear, like if anybody comes with the wrong intention of being a bully, I don't let them train at my gym. Like mm. zero bullying, you know, at my gym, everybody helps. You should come one day. I will. It's a very friendly environment. You know, everyone yeah. gets along. I don't like we cut out all the back cancers. You know, we kick them out. I've kicked out professional fighters out of my gym because they were bringing a lot of heat and like bad vibes and you know, drama. Like I was telling you. Fighters have more drama than uh, bikini models. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The real fighters can, especially in Edmonton, it's horrible. Really? Now it's getting better and better because real fighters cutting out those drama queens, you know. So I'm very glad those are gone. Most of them are gone. It was very bad in 2015, 2014. It was horrible. And um, how does like their background play like in fighting? Um, honestly, every champion came from poverty like every single champion mm. Floyd Mayweather you know like probably arguably the best boxer of our era in the ring I don't care what he does outside you know he's not the best person I don't I don't like him for his personality I like him for boxing his boxing style yeah he, he's that sold his mom a crack you know like he came from that kind of environment mm. and like you know most good fighters came from really really shitty background mm. you know seeing people like my uh, fighter Ahmed you know like kid talks about like you know bodies like you know laying on the street while he's going to school crazy like hands and like chopped off head and like shit like that bombs that's, just like blowing that, that's crazy bombs blown like next to his like playground and stuff you know and you think a punch would scare a kid like that no mm, no no definitely not He'd be like, yeah, I'll like, but the nicest kid. Like, he's super, you know, happy to be here. He works at McDonald's, you know. Like, yeah. Super good guy, you know. Like, I, I really like him, you know. And I like how I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't take any credit or anything, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you know I was, I showed him the better path. You know what I mean? Totally. Otherwise, he was going to be like, you know, fight, get in the fight, get arrested, legal issues wouldn't be best for him yeah now all his energy he's putting on good things like boxing you know what I mean like yeah becoming an athlete and a boxer and he wants to do MMA eventually like he laid out all his plans like you know he's thinking better yeah definitely and and how does have you seen someone from your gym come like have a lot like a, a lot of success have you seen that over the past couple of years like have you seen someone go from like zero like they couldn't fight for for shit and come and be like a pretty good professional fighter or or even just someone in your in your circle yeah yeah and yeah 
definitely. Mm. I've um, trained a lot of different people, you know, like from different backgrounds. And a fighter came in to my gym. Basically, this girl was split this way. Never been punched in the face. Mm. You know, very nice girl. Like, very shy. Couldn't even hold a conversation. Like, you know what I mean? Because she has so much anxiety. Wow, okay. You know what I mean? And now she has five fights, won three of them. It's one of my best boxers. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. And she talks to you, cracks joke, you know, like... Confidence is up now. Exactly. You know, like she lost over 30 pounds, you know, she feels great about herself and... Yeah, you know, like the... And how much does that fuel you? Man, it's crazy. Like, I feel all that energy. It's yeah. insane. You know, like, it keeps me going. Like, every morning mm-hmm. I wake up, other day I show, share the status. I love Mondays. Yeah. I do love Mondays, you know, because like, I go get to go to gym and do what I love. Yeah. Totally. Like, I used to, like, you know, people used to tell me all the time. I was on the rigs for three years. I, I'm sure you remember, like, you know, back in the day when I used to go and... Money was great, but man, I was very, like my conscience wasn't clean. I knew I was doing something I really hate for a paycheck. Yeah. I hated going to work. I dragged my feet at work. I did not want to be there. I was looking forward to get the hell out of there and like, you know, go spend the money I just made in two days. Yeah, yeah. And you were, uh, I remember you working at the UFC gym. Yeah, yeah. So what was that transition like? When did you decide to be like you know what I need to own my own gym and do my own thing and be an entrepreneur when what what transition when was that and why how Is did this you 18 plus yes okay sounds good um that's actually a very cool story as well yeah I want to know <laughs> I was a UFC gym I was the head coach there fitness director for a long time and basically helped them build the gym I was there from the day one UFC gym North Edmonton um People who run it had no idea how to run gym. Every gym in Edmonton, 95%, 99% of the fighting gym in Edmonton is owned by the coach. Mm. Fighting gyms, I'm not talking about the fitness gyms. Um, martial arts gyms, fighting gyms are all owned by the coach. And, you know, like coach kind of tells what to do and how to run the gym, you know what I mean? And that's what I tried to do with UFC gym. They never listened. Instead, they wanted to focus on Taco Tuesdays and shit, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. doesn't really work that good. So, anyway, we had our differences. They kind of did me dirty. Um, this manager, I'm not going to name her name. Um, she basically um, manipulated them a day before my baby was born. They called me in the office. Same thing to you happened at that warehouse. They come in and they didn't fire me because they, they couldn't because all the members are coming for me, not for them. Because mm. I'm their coach. They're like, sorry, Parvez, we have to cut your paycheck, your salary, by 60%. Wow. That's dirty. Mm. My classes are not doing bad. My numbers are high. And I'm always outselling everybody by times 10. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm their cash cow, basically. I bring in people and crowd. If you ever followed, like my class were always 40 plus, 50 plus people in a one class. It's insane. While other coaches, they have four people in their class. Mm. They're great coaches too. But I'm just saying, like, you know, you don't piss off a guy 
who's helping you pay your bills. Yeah, totally. So I'm, I said, I put my two weeks, that's where it started. I always wanted to have my gym, my own gym. Always wanted to have, but that kind of triggered me. I'm that like, triggered you into it. Well, I have to do it right now. I left, I put my two weeks, I did everything by the books, worked my two weeks, finished my two weeks, and I opened my own gym. I started building my own gym. Mm. And um, yeah, by August, we opened the gym. So um, what was that period, that gap? So you left UFC, the UFC July. gym. Oh, wow. In July. So right, right away. Yeah, in three weeks, I opened the gym. Wow. Yeah, three weeks. Damn. You know what happened is the... <clears throat> And this is all on your own? Yeah. Okay. No investors. All, all my own and yeah. my team. Were my fighters? They came, they put insane amount of time mm. to help me paint, construct. Like, you know, it's not yeah. easy. Yeah, I was going to say, it is Everything's easy. owned by, like, it's by Wolf House. You know what I mean? All my fighters, like our, um, we have a gym mom, you know, like she helped out insane. Like, man, everybody came together. It was a very cool thing. You know what I mean? Team bonding thing. Now, all those guys and girls who helped the gym open, they, they can tell, hey, I was here from day one. I actually helped put the bag up, like put the mats down. Like, you know what I mean? Helped them paint. Yeah. It's a very cool thing. Yeah. About 111 people canceled in two weeks, not like period, when I was gone. Wow. And they all followed me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I did not say anything to them, but they knew something was very bad. They did something shady, which they did. And um, about a month or so, I was gone. They closed down. Wow! A million dollar gym closed down. Holy! That's crazy. Month and twenty something days. And I went. Um, they did the auction because bank owned everything, so banks auctioned everything out. I went there and I to just you know it was amazing. I went and I bought a couple of things from them yeah. <laughs> from the auction. <laughs> that's that's a furniture store. Wow! That's crazy. That's, That's why they say like good business, you don't do dirty. The people you work with or you work for. You know what I mean? Totally. They try they try to do me dirty. Hey, I'm a kind of guy. I, I don't know, like most people know. Yeah. A lot of people talk positive or negative, but they can never say the negative to my face. Mm. They can talk all they want online or whatever. Hey, I'm a kid who came here nine and a half years ago from Uzbekistan without speaking any word of English. I actually know three words, hi, bye, and fuck you. Mm. You know, I mean, yeah. this far, a lot of people hate no matter what. Mm. And it's okay. That's all right. You know what I mean? I don't say bad things about them. I wish them good luck. Yeah. I want them to have what they want mm. in life. And I want them to find peace. That's number one thing. If you don't have peace, no matter how much money you make, it's not going to help you. You know that out of everybody. You're a very spiritual guy yourself. Yes, I know. Yeah. yeah. Like, no matter how much money you make, money doesn't buy peace of mind. It doesn't, yeah. You know, totally. Like, like having clean conscience, doing good by people around you or your loved ones, does you good, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So the now that you're essentially your own boss, entrepreneur, how is that? How was that learning curve like? What were the kind of the struggles you went through building your gym from the ground up? And obviously, I'm not sure if you have business. You don't have business experience, right? Do you have business experience from previous that you were able to take those skills and, and translate it into doing it? No. Okay. So, what was that like? Now that you, now you own your own business, now you have to run this. You know, it's a gym. You have to pay bills. 
right? You you need people in the gym. You need you need a good team around you. What was that learning curve like? It's not as easy as people think. Mm. You know what I mean? People always see the end product. They're like, oh, this this gym is winning fights and stuff. They don't know what I've been through. They mm. don't know like the sleepless nights. My baby was brand new. Like I barely got to see him because either that or I'd be on the street and I would have no job because mm. I left the UFC gym, right? Yeah. And um, so I had to do what man does, man. You know, like I got up, I went and put those 14, 15 hours. Totally. It was, it was very hard. And like you said, like, you know, keeping the gym busy is very important. You know what I mean? No one goes there, gym goes down. You know, creating good programs, you know, like allowing everyone to train. And once we start doing good with members, like, you know, thank God, like we, I, my gym is doing really well, you know, like can't complain. That's why we can afford to, you know, teach all underprivileged kids for free. Like mom or dad, if they bring them in, like single parenting, like they don't have to even disclose their financial situation to me. If they bring in and be like, hey, listen, I cannot afford. I don't want to ask them to bring paste up. I train. Yeah. I want to help the community. You know what I mean? Mm. I really want... Like, my motto is, like, I've read it somewhere on uh, the internet. I loved it. Put the guns down. Pick up the gloves. You know what I mean? It's amazing. Yeah. Like I want those, all those kids with troubling background, like, you know, like, horrible family, like, horrible childhood. I want them to come train in my gym. Mm. If they can't afford to pay the bills, I mean, pay the fees, that's totally okay. You know what I mean? I let them train. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. If I didn't, my gym wasn't busy, I wouldn't be able to do that. You know what I mean? Of course. Yeah. yeah. That's why it would be nice, you know, like maybe one day, you know, get grants, you know what I mean? So I can do more of this stuff. Totally. You know, open like in shittier area of Edmonton, like on 118, I want to open a gym because, mm. you know what I mean? Lots of stuff happened in 118. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, it's very, um, makes you feel good about yourself, you know. Totally. You know, this kid's focusing on positivity not negativity now you know, yeah it's good energy not bad energy listen second floor listeners fans we have some news for you guys you shopped around for everyone else now it's time to shop for yourself get that blazer you've been waiting on gentlemen maybe get a couple of ties to refresh your wardrobe or even get a fresh pair of jeans whether you're looking for Zenia, Montclair, or Naked and Famous, Lux Market has you covered. With prices 50 to 90% off retail, means that even though you bought for others and the wallet's looking slim, you can afford to splurge on yourself. Head on over to luxmarket.com. That's L-U-X-M-R-K-T.com now to shop the finest menswear brands. Available 24 hours a day, shipping anywhere in Canada and the United States of America. Easy shopping, fast shipping, and hassle-free returns. L-U-X-M-R-K-T dot com. Mm-hmm. You're literally reshaping how they how they how they take their life, exactly. right? Through through uh, through an art form, yeah. right? Um, the way you kind of feel about fighting, I, f- I feel about uh, music and, 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 and creating content, yeah. creating video content. Um, I feel like I keep myself so busy that I can't get in trouble. 
And but that's exactly what you're doing. You're basically giving these kids and people could be kids, could be men, could be women, could be whoever. You're giving them an outlet where they can keep themselves busy in a, in a very positive way. Mm-hmm. You're kind of giving that. You're you're opening that lane which it wasn't there before in their life, which is very commendable. Um, I want to take it back kind of to the martial arts and to fighting in general. And we were talking about this before, but how much does uh, drama play a, play a role in the professional sport? You know, we see, for me as a consumer, I don't know anything about fighting. I'm not going to sit here and say I know, because I don't. I watch it with friends and family, and I see these guys get up on the podium, and they're mean mugging each other, and they're, and the, the pre, all the way up to the fight, there's, oh, someone said this about this, someone said this about that. Um, they're talking shit about each other. How much does that play a role in fighting in general? And where is that? Like you said, you said Edmonton was bad for a while with drama. So maybe speak on speak on that a little bit, because I'm curious. I want to know for sure. Yeah, Edmonton is. I, I would say like this: there was a lot of dick swinging contests. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Everybody wants to be that man. You know, like everyone wants to be like, "Hey, I'm the man in the city." Blah 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 blah. You know all that bullshit. People hate on each other just because mm. they don't know each other. Like, man, I was one of them. I was manipulated in, back in 2014. I hated, I did not like guys that, I didn't know them. I probably, if I had a coffee or a beer with him, I probably would like him. Yeah. I could have been friends. But because the environment I was in, oh, we were um, coached by this guy, jiu-jitsu guy, probably the most horrible human being. Mm. You know what I mean? And he manipulated so many guys and got them against each other, you know? And drama happened there and since that guy is not nobody now he doesn't train he doesn't he's not welcome to any gym in Edmonton which I'm glad you know um, it's a lot better now mm. you know, it's getting better and better like a couple of bad apples you cut them out I'm telling you like a lot gets better and a lot changes you know mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, it was horrible like it was gym rivalry um, how bad complete there was a Hayabusa, there was the two big gyms at that time, and we had lots of rivalry, you know what I mean? So how bad are these rivalries? Are they are they friendly rival, rivalries, are they, or are they personal, like I want to go uh, do something to you and your family type of thing? No, it was never It was that never far, that? No. Okay, okay. I, I sometimes get like that with the individual who trained there, but um, I'm just like that. If I don't like you, I'll let you know. Yeah. If me and you in the room and I don't like you, a bunch of people, you will not have to guess where we stand. I'll let you know. I'll mm. make it so clear that I don't like you. you yeah. Know what I mean, I have that personality. I cannot hide. If I don't like someone, I cannot be nice to them. Yeah. I have to say it right in their face. You know. That's why you always hear like the mixed review about most real people. You know. I I don't I don't have to sugarcoat you. If I don't like you, I don't like you. You know what I mean? I like I wish a lot of people were like that mm. in fight community. So many people don't like me. Maybe that's what I think. But they're super nice to my face. And I know they're fake. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. yeah. They, I know they talk shit. Yeah. But once I'm in the room, they shut the fuck up because yeah. they know yeah. I'll confront them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. A lot of that happens in Edmonton. Mm. I've been and trained different places. Man, it's not like this. Not as bad as here. Drama's everywhere. 
man, fighters have more drama than bikini models, yeah. playboy models, all of them. Now, do you think that's part of the sport? No. It's, it really is. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I, I wish. I mean, I guess. Yeah. I guess you could say it's part of the sport. Yeah. Like, do you play the game for the sake of playing the game? Right? Like you said, the guy, your that coach uh, manipulated those guys. Can you argue that um, he's playing the game for the sake of playing that game? No. Do, 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 do you he's know just what I mean? being vindictive. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people, like, well, I know what you're saying exactly. No, like, that's not part of the game. Like, that's just a bad apple. He's mm, just a bad gotcha. apple. I think everybody in Edmonton yeah. will agree with me. There's one thing we can all, all the fighters, all gym can agree is that that guy was just not a good people. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm glad he's very isolated from everybody, you know, like all the real fighters anyway. <clears throat> yeah, like, shit like that happens all the time. Right now, man, like all the gyms are, most gyms are, you know, like friendly now. And we have uh, Hayabusa and Wolfhouse. I don't have a problem with them. I think Luke's a great coach, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, um, lots of gyms claim to be the number one. Yeah, they're the best gym. They're this, of course. Like, yeah, come on. No. <laughs> no one can claim that. There's no like statistics. You know, like who's a better gym? I think as a professional MMA fighters, um, um, Shed Bears, like the little soy shop, they got lots of professional fighters. You know, by yeah. numbers, they're definitely in the leading. You know, and amateur circle, amateur MMA. My gym has not lost any MMA fight, not even around. You know, since I've been open. I haven't been opening even for a year, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> There's a lot of things. And I hope, like, you know, Jim stop calling themselves they're the best Edmonton's gym or bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. You know yeah. what I mean? Best gym for who? For a fighter, maybe? Yeah. Or for, a, like, 300-pound guy who wants to lose weight? Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. You got to specify that. Is, is there a myth? So, is there... Can you have, is there a mix there? Like a lot of gyms, do they do they mix that? Do they mix like, oh, we're here for the consumer and the professional fighter? Is it, a, is, can you have a mix or no? Well, definitely you can have a mix, but you cannot mix them in the same class. Yeah. A professional fighter's heart rate will not hit the max as much <laughs> as the guy who's been on totally. the couch for a long, long. Like I, I train everybody. I train, we have professional fighters competitive amateur fighters and general public who just comes there for self-defense or losing weight like we got lots of realtors i train a lot of edmonton well not a lot uh edmonton police officers nice um a lot of actually uh correctional officers too and there's also the street guys got you it's funny that you know you can tell like then the the street guy and the cop training in the same room they know what they do that's you interesting. I mean? That's a very interesting dynamic. But if they see them at work, it'll be different. But at the gym, everybody's welcome. They're there to put the work in, no drama. Like that's why, like my gym, I'm not trying to do a promo and stuff. No drama. You come in, you put the work and get the hell out of there. Yeah. I don't give a shit what you have to say about. Like, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say it. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah, you, you make that clear, obviously. 100%, you know? Yeah. Like, no bullying acceptable. You come to the gym, you train. You know? You want to win the fight, we'll help you win the fight. You want to change your life, we'll help you change your life. Mm. But you're here to cause drama, get the fuck out of my gym. 
know what I mean? That's yeah. that's the only rule I have. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah, because I was, I was curious. I mean, especially because, uh, and I'm not the best for this because I only watch a couple fights a year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've only been to KB's fight. Um, He's a very good fighter. Yeah. yeah. And so the drama... The drama is very interesting, you know, when you watch like Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather and they, they're on stage and they're trash talking each other in front of millions of people. And he's like, oh, like your mother this and this and that. And it's very, it's very, not gonna lie, it's very entertaining. But what do you think of that? What do you think of on the high end, like the very, the stage, you know, the where millions stage. of people are watching you? The drama is obviously initiated. And you know, when uh, Dana White is like holding guys back. Yeah. Again, do you do you think that's part of the sport, or do you think that's uh, what do you? Where's your stance on that? I want to know where your stance is on that. Think about this: if we have two guys about to fight, and all they do is praise, you know, praise to Jesus and Muhammad, <laughs> no one <laughs> want to watch that. That's true. You know what that's I mean? That's true. It's yeah. Boring. Yeah. Just like you know, like you, I think fighters are learning that from CNN and BBC. They go to parts of Afghanistan, everybody's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But if they showed all the nice stuff, who would want to watch? That's true. It's very who would want to watch how they make Kabali Pala? Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. totally. They need to see show that crazy people yeah. blowing bombs and shit like that so they can brainwash these racist people. Yeah. Like, oh, Muslims are terrorists. You know, yeah. that shit like that, right? Yeah. So that's why fighting is so entertaining when Connor fights. Connor really brings a lot of stuff bad stuff out of people <laughs> yeah it yeah. worked for most people except Ned Diaz and Khabib you know yeah Khabib don't give a shit you know like yeah 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 and yeah. you don't go like you know those countries Chechens like the Dagestanians like the Uzbeks Kazakhs Afghans like those people they very have different values of family you do not talk bad about their family since you do you will pay for it yeah you know what I mean? Yeah. Like to a Afghan guy, you can't go up and like say something bad about his mom. No. He'll fuck you up. Yeah. If he can't beat you, he'll stab you. Yeah. It's just how it is. You know, like they're raised to protect their family. Same as Habib. Connor said something about his dad. Habib did not take that easily. You know what I mean? After he beat, made him tap, he still wanted to go more and yeah. beat him up more. It's personal now. Yeah. And Connor is a master of making it personal. You know what I mean? He makes it like he makes people. His opponent hate him. It worked great. Like right now, interim champ Dustin Poirier, he got in Dustin Poirier's head so bad. Dustin Poirier showed up and wanted to, came out like, like a dumbass and got knocked out. Same as Jose Aldo. You know that's a part of the game. That's a mental mental warfare. Yeah. So how do you think? So I want to know your stance on that. So if it's mental warfare, how much of the mental game plays a part in the fighting? Fight day, hundred percent. I seen so many good fighters in the gym beating the shit out of the guys who are not good, but that guy who's not good in the gym shows up to fight every fight. Mm. And the guy who shows up to fight every fight wins usually. No matter how good of a technique you have, how amazing you are, how gifted you are, if you cannot show up to the fight to fight, you're gonna lose. Yeah. Mental warfare is insane. A lot of people should like I mean they should actually come out with schools. Teaching the mental warfare, man. Like a lot of people are mentally weak. Just like before you perform in front of those thousands of Afghans last couple of weeks ago. Yeah. You get that nerves. Oh yeah. You can fuck up a word and everybody will hate, hate you and boo you. Totally. You're one word away or one stupid move away from them loving you or hating you. Yeah. 
that's nerve-wracking, you know? Yeah, it is, yeah. People who never been in front of that many people don't know how hard is that. Yeah. Especially fighters are the worst fighters. Like, ah, that's easy. No, it's not. Uh, that's fucking, what? How many days of sleepless... How many years of sleepless nights yeah. you fucking writing your music and song and going up front of people yeah. that they don't know you, you have to entertain them. Yeah. That's fucking... I think it's that's tough. more scary than fighting for me. Mm. You know what I mean? Fighting, yeah. I'm focusing on my phone. I don't give a shit about crowd. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Mental, you know, mentally, you know, all mental warfare, like how you prepare yourself before the fight. <clears throat> fight week is all about mental game, you know. Mentally. So, how do you prepare mentally? Give me some, give me, give me some, some stuff. I want to know. Every fight been different. Man. Like every mm. fight, like not all the pawns I have fought, I didn't hate them. Some of them are my buddies, you know. I know them, and it was shitty that we had to, you know, punch each other in the face. It is what it is. We're fighters. We sign up. We get yeah. paid for it. Boom, we do that. We're entertainers that day. You know, we got to entertain. Yeah. Only bad thing about our entertainment, you might get fucking your face punched. You know? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Every fight is different. Like, most of the time, um, fight week, I really isolate myself from everybody. Like, I really like to go train, go lock myself in the basement. I don't like to talk to people. I don't like going out. Just watch my TV show. I pick a TV show usually. And I watch that TV show, <clears throat> I don't know, I'm zoned out. I'm a different person, fight week. Fight day, I just want to be around my coaches and training parts. I did not want to be around my casual friends. I did not want to be around like girlfriends or etc. or anything, right? I just really want to be around people I bled and sweat with. Mm. You know what I mean? Fight yeah. day, like those are the guys I go to war with. <clears throat> Gets close to fighting in the back room couple hours I usually fight at then couple hours before fight like we usually show up three four hours before I put my headphones in everyone knows I like rap music but man fight day I actually listen to ACDC all the time wow yeah no, no way one guess that right wow yeah, thunderstruck all the way yeah and I'm playing guitar and back and just getting you were getting yourself up. yeah pumped up close yeah. to the fight I have to calm down because mm. I'm already such a like you know explosive fighter like I don't all my six wins are all first round finishes. Like I don't like to go to second round. I really like. I never been in distance in MMA. Never been in decision. Never went to the judges. When I went by stoppage, I lost. I lost by stoppage. <clears throat> in close to fight, I calm myself down. I just stare at the wall, listen to like very calming music. Like get zoned out. And, like everything is blacked out. Nothing matters. I know what I'm about to do. I'm gonna get on the cage. I'm gonna try that hurt this guy you know what I mean mm. in MMA very very yeah very interesting it's different right like it different is. for a lot of fighters yeah lots of fighters they try to like talk themselves up I don't like doing that Mori is so hyped up individual I don't like being super hyped up yeah I know what I'm capable of no one has to tell me like you know hey you're good you're this that's why I don't like talking to my drunk friends at all I don't like seeing them yeah and I hate the questions. Are you ready? Mm. No, motherfucker, I'm not ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody asks that. Every asks you, everybody asks you. Are you, you ready? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. do I look not ready? It's, it's funny because when I perform too, and people if people know that I'm performing, they're like, you ready? Are you ready? I'm like, man, like, yes, of course I'm ready. <laughs> I've been waiting for this. Yeah. I've been, I've been practicing, right? Yeah. Exactly. That's funny. Man, it's very interesting, and I'm curious, just now taking this back from fighting, but 
how did you come up with the Wolf House name? So Wolf House MMA, what does, what does the wolf mean to you? What does that symbolize? Wolf is like if you know, like, you know, um, um, my ethnicity is Uzbek, right? Like, yeah. Um, like your ethnicity is all Turks, like Ghazni, from Ghazni, like you guys are like, we're really similar, you know, back in the day we're related, you know what I mean? Like all Turkish families, you know? Yeah. Not Turkish, a lot of people get mistaken that. Like Turks are like, we're way before Turkey came around, they came from where we're from. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're the OG Turks, Turkmuggles they call it, and our national animal was spiritual animal was wolf because before Islam hit were shamans or Zoroastrian which is sun worshipping or Buddhist right um, like our our tribes were like spiritual animals shamanism you know technism like the Mongols they yeah. pray for the spiritual animal usually it's a wolf so that was my nickname from back home and I came here I got a nickname like a friend of mine Curtis Higgins he gave me that nickname to Hungry Wolf that kind of stuck wolf 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 yeah. and that was this idea we're talking about I used to actually like yeah I'm gonna do this blah 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 talking and one of my uh, fighters Kyle he's like coach you should name it Wolf House really oh yeah. I'm like that's cool yeah like yeah. that's one of my fighters came up with the name it's like yeah coach we should name it Wolf House I like that very that's cool a nice ring you know yeah but yeah from there I started it and boom Wolf House everything, Wolf House, Wolf House, Wolf, yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah it's very, very cool. Yeah, because I, I do like to kind of pick, pick because I know names are so hard to come up with, mm-hmm. you know, especially when you're trying to build a brand, when you're trying to build a business. Names is like, because it's going to stick. So <laughs> It's hard to rebrand after. It's hard to like ch- change a name after a couple of years of you starting a business. Uh, so um, Very, very hard, yeah. Yeah. And where are you at now? So what's, what's, what does... Parways in five years. What does Parways want to do in five years? Does you want to branch out Wolf House MMA to multiple locations? Is he going to get back into fighting? What's where do we where do you see yourself in a couple years time? Oof, that's a tough or I guess what are what is what is something that's on the bucket list that you want to dominate or you want to you want to you want to achieve? Definitely, like in five years, I don't know about branching out that quick. But I definitely expand the gym, you know, the, the place I'm at right now. It's not the biggest gym, but gets the job done, you know, like it's not over my overhead, you know, like everything's good. Um, definitely expand, hopefully get another location, um, build fighters, get them to fight in bigger arenas, bigger events like UFC, hopefully, you know. Yeah, and help them reach their goals. Like you know, make them win nationals this year. Definitely, like we're all my amateur boxers are going for nationals. Mm. At least seven of them. That's our plan. Yeah, just win fights, do good. You know, help out more kids, help change more lives. You know what I mean? Yeah, and gain a lot more haters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because when you're doing something, oh, what is Jay Z says? If you're, um, you know, you're doing something right when you got haters. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And. Honestly, and do something about the racism going on. I really want to help. Because, man, the vic- like a lot of victims of racism, mm. racism here. Like, you've been a victim of racism. Yeah. I've been a victim of racism. A lot of people don't talk about it because immigrant mentality. We come here, we're like, oh, 
No, like our parents, you can relate to this. We want to please Canadians who are like, oh no, like we love Canada. Yeah. And we don't have to say that shit all the fucking time. Yeah. People will know we do love this country, you know, this give us a lot of opportunity. But why we have to, like, if you know there's a lot of immigrants, they always say that in front of white people. I don't want fucking people to feel the need to say it from the white people to get their approval. Fuck that, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't like that. And a lot of white people are, not a lot, I should say a lot. Some white people really make immigrants feel that way. Yeah. Like, I was at the party with the, like, you know, on the lake. Yeah. A very good friend of my, uh, his mom was saying some very bad stuff. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Muslims... You guys, like, you know, do this to women. You guys do that to women. I'm like, name me one Muslim you know. Name me one Muslim you know. She didn't know anybody. Mm. She just seen the media. But they focus on that, but they don't focus on what's going on in Alabama. Mm. That's fucking, what, the women have no rights there now. Mm. You get jail time for abortion? Mm. You get death sentence for abortion? Name me one fucking Muslim country does that. It... It's not because of Islam they do, because of the culture. Yeah. Some African countries do something that becomes a Muslim issue. Yeah. Or like some Asian countries do something. They just throw it on. They just throw it on and say, oh, it's a Muslim thing. Yeah, that's fucked up, man. Like Singapore has 15, 15 parliament, women and men. That's right. Yeah, a lot of Muslim countries, a lot of people don't know this, but a lot of Muslim countries, their heads of state are women. Mm-hmm. The heads of state are women, mm-hmm. and they say, "Oh, in Islam, there's no rights for women." This and that. There's so many states that I, I can't even name out of the top of my head how many states there are with heads of uh, that are women. Singapore is the largest Muslim country for uneducated fools, <laughs> and yeah. people go and visit there and party and stuff. They don't even know it's a Muslim country. Yeah, most people don't even know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I always tell people, I'm like, man, Malaysia, sorry, like not saying Singapore, Malaysia is the... Malaysia, yeah. Yeah, yeah. not Singapore, like Singapore City, like Malaysia is the... Yeah, yeah, Malaysia is the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a Muslim country, you know, a lot of people don't know that. They they always, I don't know, like, biggest Muslim country, they probably think it's Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah. It's not, they're the richest, you know? And yeah, Malaysia has the, like, you know, it's great there. Like, even in Uzbekistan, don't go that far. You see pictures of Uzbekistan, Google it, man. You see how lifestyle is there. It's not like, as soon as I say, like, you know, he's like, where'd you grow up? I'm like, Uzbekistan. They right away picture a guy with a turban on a camel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as they hear that, he's stand. It's like, oh, I know where Pakistan is. Like, no, that's not where I stand. (laughs) You know? It really rubs me the wrong way. Oh, man, yeah. I can't tell you how many times that's happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like every single time. Because like, people are too ignorant to learn. They make fun of Americans, but most Albertans are no better. Like, mm. I saw the other day a fucking a truck saying like Trump supporter or something like that. I'm like, why? Yeah. He doesn't, he's not your president. Why? Yeah, why are you around here? <laughs> why are you wearing MAGA, like in a hat? Why? Yeah. You're not American. Yeah. You live here. I also heard that a lot of uh, Albertans went down for the election when uh, uh, when Trump when they were when Trump and Hillary were going at it. They that all, doesn't surprise me. Yeah. That yeah. does not surprise me. I know. Me. I'm I'm okay with people whoever it should be a freedom. Like I yeah. should not hate people to support totally. Trump. You totally. Know what I mean? Yeah. 
it would be the same thing, you know, people hating, well, I mean, people, if they hate us because we believe in something, you know, man, whatever, whoever you choose, whatever, you know, like, they should not be discussed yeah. publicly because that brings out so much hate. Like Justin Trudeau, everybody in Alberta hates him. Yeah. Everybody. I don't think he's a great politician, but he's good pace of Canada, if you think about it. What's Canada known for? What is Canada known for? Being nice. Yeah. Being welcoming. Being welcoming, yeah. You know what I mean? And he's been doing that. Internationally, everyone loves Justin Trudeau. Except in Alberta. Everybody hates him. And they blame carbon tax on him. They blame everything. It's so cool. Like, I'm not a, his supporter. I don't fucking... I don't support any political um, um, groups or, like, parties or anything. I, don't, yeah. I do not support him. I'm, like, you know, one of those guys. I'm like, hey... Whatever, I'll live under any regime. I don't care. It doesn't yeah. change that much for me, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> Obviously, if they tax me a lot, that would, that would be different. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just think people jump in to hate a lot quicker than love. You know, hate is so much easier to spread than love. Like that moron shot people in the mosque. You know what I mean? As bad as it sounds, I did not see any of my, like, white people friend share that on their Facebook and talking shit about this guy everybody's mm. like oh there's something wrong with his mental game no that motherfucker's a terrorist that's simple mm. he is a terrorist yeah he brought terror to those people he shot kids I saw the live video and I'm not kidding like that really bothered I saw me. it too it was disgusting bro yeah, yeah. how he shot him like a like slaughtered a sheep that's all he was doing you yeah, know it was I mean? bad man yeah and yeah. nobody like how long you heard about that? Maybe a week. You know what I mean? If a brown guy with the name Ahmed Muhammad does it, oh my God, you will not hear the end of it. Yeah, you won't. Yeah, you'll hear it for a good like couple months. Yeah, the guy who ran over a couple people in Edmonton. Yeah. Man, you know how much hate he brought to Muslims? Like those motherfuckers should stop doing that. Mm. They're like my mom wears a scarf. You know my mom. She's probably one of the nicest person in the world, man. Like, I, she never hates anyone. No. She's always smiling. Totally. You come to my house, she'll cook you food. Yeah. She'll invite you, she'll make you food. Oh, she's super nice, man. You know what I mean? And imagine some assholes being through to her because she wears a scarf. He doesn't know or she doesn't know what my mom is all about, what kind of person she is. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, people should educate themselves. Go be a friend or know a Muslim guy before you hate a Muslim guy. You know, yeah, hate is not always the answer. Yeah, I had actually a friend, uh, and I won't name his name, but not a friend, a guy I knew from high school, and uh, he recently, last year, actually, he was sharing a lot of this because uh, you know how Syrian refugees were coming and they were opening up the border and got, mm-hmm. got people were coming from Syria, and he was posting all this, um, uh, these pictures, these propaganda pictures, and they're saying. Syrian refugee comes to um, the city and he raped like three women. Stop, stop bringing in Muslim refugees, this and that. And I saw it a couple times, he shared a couple times and it really got under my nerves so I messaged him. And I said, hey man, I see that you're posting a lot of hate, hateful photos against Muslims. And uh, I just want you to know that I don't appreciate it and you've known me since high school Um, if I've ever wronged you if I've ever shared any hateful messages if I've ever done something let me know 
I would love to open this conversation because I want to know where your hate is coming from. Mm-hmm. And he messaged me back and he was like, he's like, uh, oh, mid- sorry, I apologize. Didn't mean to offend you. Um, this is, this is, this stuff has been going on. I just don't agree. He just said some stuff. And I said, listen, man, have I ever done anything to you? Mm-hmm. The people that you know who are Muslim, brown people, because there are, you're going to run into them. Um, have I ever done anything? Have I ever spread hate? Have I ever done anything extremist? He said, no. I said, um, have you ever traveled to, have you ever traveled um, to these countries or uh, have you ever been to the Middle East or whatever? He said, no, I've never actually got out of Alberta. And I said, that's the one thing. I said, I said, you need to travel. Go to these Muslim countries. You'll see how the people live. You'll see how people uh, interact. Mm-hmm. But you're you're eating up all this. I don't know what page you liked on Facebook that's sharing this stuff, but it's it's really corroding your views. Um, and if you ever want to have a coffee, you ever want to talk about it, because I'm open. And if you think that there's something wrong with Islam or Muslims or Syrians or Afghans or whoever it is, let me know. I'll I'll sit and I'll I'll set you straight. Mm-hmm. Just for the just for. Uh, as a as a thing, just for I, I'd love to have this. Spew it on me, throw it on me. Yeah, clear the air. Clear the clear the air. I want to know. Yeah. You can't be sharing this stuff. You can't be sharing this stuff and really believing it. If you if without you, acid research, without re- you you have no idea. But yet you're sharing, and that's what the people are ignorant. People don't want to do that. They they just want to believe what they want to believe, which is which is whatever. But uh, yeah, bro, I appreciate you coming on. Um, where can people find you um, online? Um, plug it in right now. Let people know where they can find you and how they can get in touch with you if they wanted to. Wolfhouse underscore MMA, our Instagram page, Facebook, Parvez Wolf, my Instagram page. I don't like adding people on Facebook. I don't know. Um, and our um, um, address is 10940 in 166 A Street. That's the gym address. Come down if you know somebody um, who needs a father figure or like underprivileged kid, like you know, who had a rough time growing up and he needs somebody like a father figure, mentor, bring him in, we accept them, you know, we train them. That's all, yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, well, sure. I appreciate you coming on. Sure, thank yeah, you thank you, man. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Sure. Thank you everyone for tuning in to the Second Floor Podcast. This episode was actually brought to you by LuxMarket.com. If you feel like you enjoyed this episode, please go on iTunes Podcast, give us a review, let us know what you think, and feel free to share this with a friend who you also believe would enjoy the episode.